Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. to paper routes oh i got an echo echo hello hello hey 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 we good okay well guys the day is here you know what time it is am i focused okay make sure i'm focused andrew well there we go <laughs> now i'm in focus there you go you and me listen in case you didn't know it's hot. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Listen, guess what today is? I can't is. believe I'm participating in this. <laughs> <laughs> I look to make sure you're yeah, right. You see me? It's hot day, everybody. My favorite day of the work week and my favorite day here at Paper Route. <laughs> Uh, shout out to Humpty for joining us. Brandon, we got a drum roll from Brandon. I, <laughs> I can't believe I'm participating. Doesn't it make you feel, isn't it like cathartic to like bang on the table and scream hump day? And... No, it really is. It's like it, it just shows you that you can control your own energy, right? Like you can come here, whatever, like on a Wednesday. And then as soon as you come, Wednesday's a good day for you because there's Mondays, ah, it's 50 50. No, no, Mondays Wednesday, you come win. in because you know you got Humpty coming in and you do that, the energy changes, the mood shifts in the whole room. Monday is good um, for me when the Cowboys win. Monday's not so good for me when the Cowboys lose. So um, it wasn't a good Monday for me today. <laughs> but that's in the past. We are looking forward. Week 10 of the NFL season kicks off tomorrow. I can't believe it's week 10 already. I know, right? it's flying. Holy it's unbelievable. Crap. I feel like we waited so long for football season. It's just like coming through. October came and went. Yeah, it came through. Said, "What's up?" And I'm out. Like it's just the like. Like I told you guys not to get all. You know, I know yeah. Brandon calls me a tree hugger and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I told you guys the Earth is spinning faster on its axis, so time is going quicker. This is tree a proven hugger. fact. So make the most of your days because the time is going quicker. That not saying like you're gonna. Whatever, that came out crazy. Um, <laughs> just make the most of your time because time is a precious commodity and it's something that we never get back. So um, let's dive into some Monday headlines. B-Flow, what you got? Belichick. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Bill Belichick, you better win in Germany. That's all I'm saying. Oh, it's no. been talk about the hot seat. You better win in Germany. Wow. Pull your mic a little bit. 
further yeah, away from your mouth. mouth. It's oh. not close to your poof. Back it up a little. With it? Your chin was going to hit it. Because I leaned up. Okay. Lean, wow. lean back like Fat Joe. He's Bill, close. Bill, Bill Belichick, better win in Germany. He better. Can't wait to dive into that one. Uh, for me, you said it's week 10, Ashley? Week 10 starts tomorrow, Thursday. Well, I, I, I want to bless you guys with the top five NFC teams. Okay? Contenders. Okay. All right? Madness. Who's who? Where's the Saints on this list? Can the Tampa Bay Bucks potentially make it? Mm-hmm. Who's the dark horse? All right. Who's okay. the top dogs? Um, top five NFL NFC contenders. You gotta name your you gotta say the name of your March son. Marsh Madness. Marsh Madness. How he mess up his own. He been messing it up. That's yeah, why yeah. I was like, it does say Marsh. <laughs> yeah. I've been hearing Marsh. Well, because like, Marsh? Brian, our producer, is like, yo, I think this would be dope, right? I think you do good with this. The audience love it. And he said, Marsh Madness. So I was reading it, and I thought it said March. So I've been saying March. <laughs> but okay, March Madness. March Madness, top five NFC contenders on the way. Let's go. All right, listen. And uh, mine is all about LeBron James. He's made some comments on Twitter. As you know, yesterday there was no NBA. There was no football. So Braun had a little bit of extra time on his hands, and he was tweeting away from everything, from the comments he about. Was tweeting? He was tweeting. He was tweeting, <laughs> tweeting. From everything about uh, not getting a certain treatment from the referees and also the segments and the conversation that has emerged on NBA Twitter. Did Miami need LeBron or did LeBron need mm-hmm. Miami? This is sounding very much like Belichick, Belichick and Brady. Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. That's a very. Mm-hmm. This is a very. That's what I was trying to say yesterday. That's not what you were saying. Yeah, yesterday. you didn't mention that's, it at all. That's but. not. <laughs> well, I ain't say Belichick Brady, but I'm saying D Wade and LeBron, the egos. That's what I was trying to say. It's that's a not, lot to it. That's not what you okay. said. We'll dive okay. into okay. it though. Um, listen, <laughs> B Flow alluded to it, but let's talk some New England football and Bill Belichick. Listen. This is potentially some huge news, and I honestly can't believe we're even having this conversation because I'm on the side of Bill Belichick's legacy as a head coach is already cemented. He was bound to have a couple of bad seasons after Tom Brady left. Now, the level of which the season the seasons have been, that's right. a conversation, but I think it was always going to take a hit. It was always going to slide down once Tom Brady left, but the Boston Globe is actually reporting that Patriots owner Robert Kraft could fire, let me say that again, could mm. fire Bill Belichick if they lose to the Colts in Germany. Now, the NFL is playing games in Germany as part of their initiative to expand the game um, to different countries. Obviously, you know, we know they do the London games. Uh, Germany has been added to the mix as well. Now, the report also quotes a source that says, quote, I'm not entirely sure Bill makes it through the rest of the season. Mm. Here's uh, NFL insider Jason LaConfora uh, about what's up with Bill Belichick. I think Bob Kraft, after it getting as messy as it did with Brady, that this is everybody knows where this is headed. Um, and I hear a lot of rumors about him wanting Washington. I've heard a lot of rumors about Belichick being very interested in Chicago. Wow. Listen. Uh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, yeah. I didn't. I didn't realize that that was gonna like cut that quick. Okay, sorry. Live show. Um, this is. Listen, we we keep having this conversation. This is an interesting conversation. I really don't believe that we're even. I can't even believe that we're actually having this conversation. Um, I feel like again, Bill Belichick 
having a bad season, having a bad couple of seasons since Tom Brady has left. Um, you know, Mac Jones hasn't been the quarterback that I guess the the Patriots assumed he would be. I think that's fair to say when they drafted him. The team's been going through a lot of changes. I just don't understand how we have gone from one of the greatest head coaches to ever step foot into the National Football League, having a couple of bad seasons, and now he's on the hot seat to be fired. Like, what is the alternative? Let's be very real. You can name... A, a coach that you would put in Bill Belichick's position right now. Let's say you pull Nick Saban out of Bama and, and he goes to New England. Even he couldn't save this team. So I'm not quite sure mm-hmm. what they want Bill Belichick to do. It's okay If you want to go ahead and crucify Bill Belichick, the GM, for putting this team together or not putting a good enough team together, that's fair. But as a coach, I mean... Is he not allowed a bad season or two? The man has eight Super Bowl rings, six in freaking New England. Like, can he can he have a have a moment? Like, mm. it's it's different when it comes to Belichick because if it was just strictly coaching, yeah, you gotta let him ride and rebuild. But they know that coaching, GM, like umbrella is together. Right, right, right. If you if you can get Belichick to step down and say, I'm just gonna be a coach, you can bring a GM in. Let's get this team together. Oh, he'll be there for another five years. Mm. But because they know he's not going to take a step back and he believes in what he's doing and what he's building over there, even though everybody in the organization and in the fan base says, yo, you don't have it as a GM. Right, like, right. Coach-wise, like, you okay. Right. But we have to do something to get some better talent in here. So you can't assess this just as a coaching move. Right. You got to think, like, we need to bring in another GM to get this right, thing Right, but going. can't you revoke GM responsibilities, privileges, however you want to word it from Bill Belichick and not remove him as the head coach because I'm going to be 100% honest. If Bill Belichick were to go to the Commanders, let's let's this is just the first team that came to mind. I guarantee he turns that team into a winning team. Mm-hmm. Because it's not Bill Belichick the coach who has lost a step. It's not like he has lost his his mojo, his magic. It's still very much there. It's the situation right now. There's not much to work with to help bring that magic out. So I'm confused on, I get the frustration, and I say this all the time, Boston, New England, that area is a championship city all they know is championships all they know to do all they know how to do is win and that's across the board basketball football baseball um as a yankees fan (laughs) that pained me to say that um so i get the frustration but you can't win every single year like you're gonna have some down years you lost tom freaking brady like you You didn't lose just a regular quarterback you can't take the title away because that's that's the ego talking as an nfl coach like you can have a great defensive coordinator right that becomes a head coach. And even though he's a not a good head coach, like Josh McDaniels. Right, right. He's a great OC, but he would never be demoted to be an offensive coordinator in that system and they'll bring another head coach in. It's right. just his ego wouldn't allow that. Mm-hmm. I feel Bill Belichick is the same way. If you take him out of the GM role, he's not going to like it. Now it's somebody almost building his team for him and he's not having a say-so. So I Use can't him see him taking a backseat. Don't give consultant. him full. Don't give him, don't give him full GM responsibilities but I think that Bill Belichick has earned the right to have his voice heard in those conversations still maybe not to you know pull the trigger and be the final deciding vote on who you get who you don't get but I don't think you need to you could still you can still use so, his insight in his mind I so Belichick saying if I'm not the final vote I'm out. do 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 we do we do we know um uh, 
um, how Robert Kraft got to this position of owning the Patriots? The well, Kraft Mac and Cheese, Kraft uh, uh-huh. Empire. No, I so I can think of Kraft Mac and Cheese. No, what else is there? Jeanette no, Rayburn. he married into the money. Yes. No, he married into it. His wife had the bread. Yes, so his, his wife. His wife, his wife that's no longer here. Rest in peace. Their family had the money. Okay, he married into it. Boom. They buy the team. He runs the team. So, but his last name is Kraft. Doesn't matter. Look it up. He married into money. He didn't. He wasn't part he, of the Kraft fortune before he, he, he met his wife. He married into money. Okay. So, where, he took so her look last it up. Name? Look it up. So okay. I'm, I'm saying all that because you think about like a Jerry Jones. You think about uh, a Shad Khan. Some of these owners that you know built fortunes from nothing, even. Al Davis. Al Davis was interesting how he got the Raiders. But I'm bringing this up because I'm like, all right, what moves did he make in business? Big business. I I don't – maybe just hiring Bill Belichick. That's it. You're lucky. You hired Bill Belichick. You struck gold as soon as you hired Bill Belichick. In business, you really didn't. I mean, you were you were, you 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 married into the money. Kraft had some some Just look bread. It up. Before, look it up. I'm, I'm reading it. Keep reading. I am reading Go ahead. it. I'm literally. Okay, reading do you want it. me? You want me to? You want me to pause while you while you get the backstory of how they the got the backstory. Basically, he married into money, but he had money. He had already established the Kraft Group. He had already. He. You gotta do. You gotta come on. I'm reading we, I, it. Kraft started the company mm-hmm. out of a hunch. And he also had bought he had also bought um a television company, the New England Television mm-hmm. Corporation, which gained control. What of year was that? See what year he, And what year did he get married? He got married in um oh, okay, nineteen sixty three. Right. So what I'm saying is <clears throat> His wife put him in position. Okay, I get what you're saying. His wife put him in position. He didn't come from, you know, he didn't build it from the bottom. You know, he he made some he made some savvy moves. I would say I'm saying all to say this. Bill Belichick was his was his greatest move he made in business, and this would be his worst move if he let Bill Belichick go, because the alternative is you're going to be just like 90 percent of every other team that every two to three years you're going to be firing and hiring, firing and hiring. Bill Belichick still has it right. The only question that 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 none of us can answer, the only question out there is, is he still relatable in the locker room? Does he still have the respect? Because this is now the the NIL, the name, image, likeness. Uh, uh, movement where these kids are coming in and they don't really give a damn about the history. They don't care about the past. And we'll talk about a little bit of that later in the show when we talk about that. Yeah. The Deion Sanders, but Bill Belichick, if he fires him, it'd be bad because he needs Bill Belichick. What they need is a quarterback. And then also would be bad business move because Bill Belichick, I guarantee you he has a market. What does that mean? There'll probably be two or three teams, maybe even more lined up to trade for Bill Belichick. So why, if they go out to Germany and they lose this game, would you fire him when you can hold on to him, get to the offseason, and probably get one or two first-round picks for him? Think about it. Sean Payton went for a first round pick bill belichick was he he for the jets he he went and got him for the first round pick uh bill parcells and there may be one or two other coaches that went for a a a number one overall pick or if not even more so it'd be a bad business decision for mr Kraft if he goes out there and fire him. i agree with you he bill belichick has earned too much respect throughout the league to get fired mid-season right i don't care if they was awful right now you can't you can't fire him mid-season 
But I will say this. Um, if Robert Kraft get rid of him, it's, it's just not these past seasons that he's feeling like right. I'm ready to walk away from Bill Belichick. You remember for the last couple years, Brady was there. Belichick was trying to get rid of him. That's Robert right. Kraft was like, yo, I'm not getting rid of him. So they were buttoning heads before. That's right. Brady goes to Tampa and wins a ring. While their franchise is going down, Brady is still elite. So he's looking at Belichick two to three years prior to what we're seeing now. It's like, yo, like everything you're talking about and what you wanted to do, can you see that it wasn't going to be promising for our franchise? So now Brady leaves and now the franchise continuing to go down. I think he's the right. Do you role. think that he holds resentment towards Belichick for forcing Brady out? Probably. 100 percent. 100 percent. I mean, it's safe to say I remember when this went down and Brady and, and the reports started circulating that Belichick and Brady were kind of bumping heads a little bit. Pick, yeah. Um that that was one of the catalysts for Brady just leaving and, and wanting out and because he felt disrespected in so many ways by the organization that he helped build. I mean, obviously it existed before him, but he took it and made it but, the Patriots. So but, do you think there's a level of resentment from Kraft and, and Belichick? Like, you're the reason why we didn't win a couple more. Absolutely, because in business, you got to make hard decisions, right? And BU brought this up yesterday. Bill Belichick so many times... Uh, was laughed at and called dumb because he was letting go uh, a Seymour or Will Fork or Randy Moss a year or two before most people would, right? But then when you look back in retrospect, it's like, oh, he's a genius. So now we're looking at it as, oh, that's the model, right? So, of course, you know, there's resentment there. You know, there's egos involved. There's relationships involved. And so... I can see that, but at the end of the day, this is the model that you guys had had in place for a very long time. The problem in New England is this. Y'all struck gold. All three of y'all coming together was magical in the way you did. Mm -hmm. Bill Belichick was with the Jets. Bill Belichick was walking into a press conference and then on a napkin said, I resign. And then... They get He gets traded to New England. Kraft comes in. Genius move, Mr. Kraft. That was a really good move. Maybe your best move ever in business. Okay? Bill Belichick comes in. Bill Belichick goes out there. He, he inherits uh, uh, Bledsoe, I believe. Then he goes out and drafts Tom Brady in the sixth round. So now you have a owner, which is this is where he's really good at. Hey, I'm going to let my football guys do football things. So you have a really good owner that just gives you everything you need and gets out the way. Then you have a, a head coach be, be ahead of his time being a general manager, okay? He's a general manager. He's the head coach, and he's implementing a really amazing structure and culture. And then you have a Tom Brady sitting on the bench. The problem is that they, for 20 years they went out there and did something that's never been done in any other, maybe maybe if we look globally, but what, what other stories – there's a couple stories. I'm not even going to get into that. But you got to think about what they did for 20 years. And so now there's no Tom Brady, and now you're just like everybody else, and now y'all are panicking. No, this is the reality when you don't I, have I Tom it's a Brady. Different than that. I think. It's, go ahead, Ash. Well, real quick, I mean, I think that it's important <clears throat> to note it seems that all three parties involved have whatever disagreements and resentment that was there. I mean, since then, they have all been in the same place multiple times. It seems to be all love, respect, and, and, and copacetic-ness, if I, you will. And I'm not discrediting. Let me not cut you off, but this is like this is fact. I've, and I've been around 
New England Patriots players. I've been around New England Patriots personnel, coaches, ex-coaches, and there's real beef. Still. There was real beef, no, absolutely, no, and agree. still, absolutely, because I mean, come, come on, I, I might not show up politically correct, but that's what everybody else do, especially in in, in corporate America and the NFL, NBA. They're going to come back and kumbaya, welcome Tom Brady back, but you don't think Tom Brady still feel a certain way? And that's what I was going to get to. Does he? Yes, yes I'm telling 100%. you. I'm, te- I'm telling you to, because babe. I've been around. Even though he left and won a Super Bowl without yes. I'm, I'm those tell guys, you why. he would still have that animosity. I'm going to tell you why. Because if you talk to guys in the locker room, they say, man, Belichick be blasting Brady. Like, we get to the meetings, and that's why some yeah. people say that's what make him jeans, will make him so good that he hold him accountable. And I like that part of I like, I like that, that part. Yeah. But at the same time, you can see Brady looking at him like, it's yeah. some kind of After animosity 15 there. years. Yeah, it's like, some kind of bruh. animosity there, right? So I feel like Brady and Kraft had a better relationship than Brady and Belichick. Is that fair to say? Yes, yes. Okay, so yes. if Kraft is seeing that Brady is – He's making it work where he can see that he's unhappy. He don't like the vibe between him and his head coach, right? Brady leaves. We got a new guy who's supposed to start this whole new franchise over. You don't think Mac Jones feel the same way Brady did? You see how frustrated he'd be on the sideline? They let him throw the ball one time in Buffalo, and he's just yelling, throwing the iPad, like, throw the ball. He giving mm-hmm. Matt Patricia as an offensive coordinator. You don't think Robert Kraft say, yo, this was my first rounder that I got from saving. He's supposed to be a smart guy. Now this guy don't get along with Belichick. Mm-hmm. Like, now, are we going to switch Mac Jones out and then he go do this to another quarterback and then now we just ruining our franchise? Or is Belichick the problem? I would say, for me, I mean, I'm, Belichick I'm, is the answer. Like, it's all, to me, it's all, it's Belichick and Tom. I think Robert Kraft, Robert Kraft didn't uh, scout no players. R- Robert Kraft ain't calling no plays. Robert Kraft ain't. Get, don't have 80 lions in one locker room and, and trying to get them all aligned. We give Belichick too much credit, though. I mean, I'm, I, because I, I'm, I'll say this. I mean, I'm not discrediting the Boston Globe at all. When I was in journalism school, it was one of the, you know, papers, the publications that, you know, I, I constantly studied. It, it's one of the best in the country. Mm-hmm. So this is not a knock to what they're saying. I believe there's validity there. What I'm I say, believe that, too. I, I just think that. It's hard for me to imagine Robert Kraft, who has run such a successful organization, the pinnacle, creme de la creme, however you want to you know, refer to it, the dynasty that is the New England Patriots, to take a small piece of their last 20-plus years and put Bill Belichick, who was a big part of that piece, half the, half the piece, if you will, with the other half being Tom Brady, and taking this small little dot the speck, this this blemish in the history that they have been for the last 20 years and just saying, yeah, it's a wrap. Because we all know that first rounders, especially quarterbacks, are such a gamble. You can see an amazing quarterback in college draft him and he's an absolute bust when he gets mm-hmm. to the NFL. That's not the fault of Bill Belichick. That's not the fault of the organization. Sometimes that is just what happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can go down the list right now of quarterbacks who were phenomenal in college and they were not good quarterbacks when they got to the NFL. Is that the fault of the organization? All you're doing is looking at the film and saying, this is the guy. How that translates professionally sometimes is beyond your control. Mac Jones just may not be the quarterback for the New England Patriots. Well, they put him in that's a tough not, position by giving put, him Matt Patricia. That's, they, <laughs> exactly. they put him in that's a tough what, position. I agree. Yeah. And there has to go ahead and be some responsibility of the organization when it comes to that. That's because right. you still need to give your, your rookie quarterback when he was a rookie – 
your, your new franchise quarterback, the pieces he needs to be successful in order to make that uh, that 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 determination if whether or not he's the quarterback you need. Look what happened with Tua. They were ready to write Tua off, a lot of Dolphins fans. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, myself included, kept saying he doesn't have the pieces. Wait till he has the pieces and then make that decision. I believe that Mac Jones is partly in that situation, but I also think that it's a very real possibility he's just not a quarterback whose game translates to the NFL. And that's okay, at least as a starter. And that's okay. That's not the fault of the Patriots. It's just the gamble you take when you Mm -hmm. draft a quarterback. Mm -hmm. B, you said Belichick is the answer, and he's a genius, right? Mm -hmm. Have you ever just thought about it as he just got lucky with Brady? They got him in the sixth round. Yeah. He ain't draft him in the second round. I mean, not he. It well, was that's, like, that's, that's shady. That's uh, I mean, Asante Samuel's argument. That's a lot of I mean, guys' it's argument. Like, it's not like everybody like Andy Reid, right? He yep. jumped to get Patrick Mahomes, right. and nobody was thinking about him, right? That's, that's their job. Me. But go ahead. The sixth round. Yep. How is that gen- like? You kind of got lucky and struck gold with that, right? Yes. For the past twenty-five years, when he's going, when you look at the Patriots' first-round picks. When have you ever been like, oh, he building a roster with that? It was yeah. always born and like, why they made that move? Right. Why they made that move? They always say the Patriots don't have a roster. Mm-hmm. Brady yeah. gets it done. Brady gets it done with what he has out there. Yeah, outside that's, of that's that, outside of, the, of that, yeah. Randy Moss mm-hmm. and that. Uh, Didn't they draft Edelman? Ed, Edelman was a yeah. Edelman yeah, was yeah, a good but, draft yeah. pick, but uh, but that, but it was another one of those things. He they didn't think uh, he didn't draft Edelman uh, with the thought yeah that, with the thought that he was going to be the next. You know, Wes Welker and exactly. 10-year career Hall of Fame, like, contribute, yeah, but. He traded for Wes. I'm talking about him building out a roster. Right. What, what, what? Like, what draft picks can you say, oh, he he built that roster inside out? Yeah, he I mean, it's it's interesting because internal, like, inside the NFL, we we talk like that. What about Gronk? Yeah, I mean, there's Gronk some people. Listen, Gronk the McCord, McCordy, like, he, 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 he made some great moves, but he was able – he was able to do the unthinkable in a draft or do the unthinkable in free agency or building out his roster because he had Tom Brady. That was the model. Like, you can see how other teams are approaching, you know, uh, their star quarterbacks, whether it's, um, you know, um, whether it's uh, – Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid looking at like, okay, when other guys are up, you know, what do we do? Well, all you got to do is look at the, the the history of the Patriots and see the moves that they made. And then there's like one or two other examples of you where you have some young quarterbacks and it's like we're going to build around them because you don't have to go chase certain things. But yes, he is a genius, and this is why I say he's a genius. And I and I and and we had this we've had this discussion for the last couple of years. And it, to me, when it just comes down to the Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, it's I say 50-50. But if I had to lean towards one, I would lean towards the coach because the coach, bro, like you're running, he's running an entire organization. Like put your put we were having this conversation the other day about business, right? And I was like, you was like, yeah, B, you know, now you probably look at some of your coaches and be like, damn, I feel bad. I put so much pressure on you, how we were acting and treat. Like there's so much on the coach, bro. The coach is the one that gotta build out a 53-man roster. The coach is the one that gotta implement the philosophy on defense, offense, special teams, create that culture, pass it to the players, the players that then can take it and 
push it to a whole nother level. I just think that coach has so much more on their plate than a quarterback or any other player. Now, did they need each other? Absolutely. But if I had to lean to, towards one or the other, I'm leaning towards Bill Belichick. Well, we're going to see what happens with Bill Belichick, the Patriots, and all parties involved. As I said, uh, Week 10 kicks off tomorrow, Thursday Jeez. night football, and the New England Patriots will face off against the Indianapolis Colts in Germany. And uh, we may or may not have a story after that game, depending on the outcome. We shall see. But we're going to switch gears right now and dive into some NBA and talk LeBron James. <laughs> because like I said, yesterday there was no NBA or NFL. So LeBron had some time on his hands. And he took to Twitter to address several topics circulating the NBA circuit all involving him. Now, yesterday we had a conversation about D. Wade's comments and, and you know, the post-game comments that LeBron was asked after the Lakers took on the Miami Heat. And he said, look, I would have been the same player without Miami, but I had to come to Miami to win some chips because I couldn't do it in Cleveland. And that started a conversation. But also starting a conversation is the fact that uh, the two-minute report as the NBA likes to put out, noted that several missed calls were not, several missed calls on LeBron James had transpired during the Lakers heat game. And uh, LeBron had some things to say about that. Um, but moving on to what Gilbert Arenas talked about on his podcast recently, he, he chimed in on all things LeBron James and basically debunked the idea of heat culture. Listen to this. Heat culture should look like Golden State culture. Why should it? Because they it wouldn't, and then it wouldn't be Heat because culture. Because they be, drafted. It would be Golden State culture. No, what I'm saying is they drafted those players and built them. Right? You're you're pretending you're building these players because before LeBron got there, first round loss. Uh, it says 15 and 67. First round loss. First round loss. First round loss. Then LeBron and the crew came, and then they went to the championship. And then they won a championship. And then they won a championship. And then they went to the championship. LeBron left. LeBron left. Wade and the Heat culture and Bosch is still there. Uh, no playoffs. <laughs> Where was the? Did he take the Heat culture with him? <laughs> so yes, Gil. I disagree. Oh, my God. How do you disagree <laughs> with that? You, I'm going to tell you why I disagree. I'm going to tell you why I brilliant. disagree. brilliant. I'm going to tell you why I disagree. Because he foregoed a lot of facts there. One, Chris <sighs> Bosh had blood clots, forced him to retire. Uh, D. Wade leaves, then comes back. Remember, he was beefing with Pat Riley, and Pat Riley, I think it was over like $7 million. He leaves to go to Chicago. He didn't leave there next he, year. He, it wasn't the next year. What I'm saying is, is that Chris Bosh retires because of blood clots. There's multiple things that happened that, in that span of time. Yeah, but the, that, what about the next two years? Hold on, let me let me let me finish. Okay. okay you okay. have Chris Bosh that retires because of blood clots. You have Pat Riley and D Wade beefing because of seven million dollars. He goes to Chicago, then he goes to Cleveland with LeBron. He comes back, and then what happens? Mm -hmm. They make a playoff run. Then, since then. Since LeBron has left, the Miami Heat have been to three Eastern Conference Finals, two NBA Finals. So this is not a team that has been in the dark ages since he has left. There was a period of time when, yes, they went through a little bit of rough patch. But just like we're talking about with the New England Patriots, it was bound to happen when one of the greatest players to ever play the game leaves. And now the whole situation of the big three is dismantled. 
I believe Chris Bosh never goes ahead and gets blood clots and is forced to retire. D Wade never leaves. LeBron stays. They could possibly win two more, but that's not what happened. But let's not act like the Heat culture is this 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 you know imaginary thing because it's very real for a multitude of reasons. One. It has been proven time and time again they have the toughest conditioning program in the NBA. Shaq will tell you that. LeBron will tell you that. D. Wade will tell you that. Guys who have failed that conditioning test will tell you that. And the idea of the heat culture is that with the right players, with the right formula, the way that this organization is run and the standards in which they have for the organization and the players, they are primed to perform at the highest level. And we have seen that post-LeBron. Like I said, three Eastern Conference Finals appearances and two NBA Final appearances right, right. since LeBron has left. Yes, there has not been a championship, but the Miami Heat, have been to more Eastern Conference Finals and NBA and NBA Finals than any other team in the NBA in the past six years. That's all post-LeBron. That is heat culture by definition. So okay. I get that he doesn't like the narrative, oh, LeBron needed Miami, and that's fair because we can, we can go ahead and, and have that disagreement. But, Gil, I got to push back on that. Heat culture is very real, and it's been proven post-LeBron. Right. This, this is what I'll say. Bron can clear, clear all this up if he just tell us what he mean by the king. Right, because like me and Ash is saying, like you won't be the king with all these rings if you ain't go to Miami and learn how to win these championships, right? You needed mm -hmm. that culture to learn how to win on your own in Cleveland, right? You took that vibe and you took it back. But Bron, I, I see what he's saying. He's like, I am the culture. I'm like, I'm like Prime. Everywhere I go, that right. vibe go follow. Any any basketball franchise I go to, they go be a contender. They go have a chance to play in the Eastern Conference Finals or the Western Conference Finals. Like they're gonna be a front runner. So if you're saying that I needed Miami to be the king and I'm going to have my teams going on a run, like, nah, wherever I would have went, like you said yesterday, in the NBA, like, that's going to follow me. I don't care what team you put right, me on. Right, right, right. So if he's saying that, like, yes, I agree with that. But what me and Ash is saying, to be the king, you need hardware. Right. And you had to go to Miami. Like, you needed to go there. Like we mentioned, KD had to go to the Warriors to see how to win a championship. And that's what he took to Cleveland. Okay. So that's why I still agree with Ash. So, um, wow. I thought what I thought Gilbert Arenas walking us through that was brilliant, and I thought that would end the debate. So I'm absolutely shocked at what you said, Ashley. I just gave you facts. I didn't. I didn't pull it out yeah, of thin but air. You Those gave, are all factual. Yeah, statements. but but the facts that you gave, Chris Bosh. So Braun was left the Heat in 2011. Mm -hmm. Chris Bosh retired the next year, right? Blood clot. Well, he's forced to retire. Okay, he boom. Yes. D-Wade stayed there. Mm -hmm. I truly believe this conversation, left. I said this yesterday, in 2016. Okay. So he was there another five years, right? right? So it's Miami, you're D-Wade, you're Pat Riley. This is the heat culture. Who is the next person that you guys can attract to come play with you so y'all can get back into that championship form? Mm -hmm. So I, first off, people need to know that D, uh, Carmelo Anthony and D Wade are my all-time favorite players. Mm -hmm. Okay, I rock with them, and, and I and I and I do believe, you know, them together was magical. But I'm just giving Bronze perspective or trying to understand Bronze perspective. You were there five years after Braun leaves. Who was on the team? 
that's not LeBron's fault. Not, but be, but basically, Gilbert Arena says before Braun came, y'all was trash. I was traded to the Miami Dolphins. They won. I, I was traded to the Miami Dolphins right ring. before LeBron. They, they had before. a ring before he got one there. ring. Two thousand and six was it? Was it two thousand and six? That's fine. That's fine. But he says lost, lost, lost. How many years did it take for them to get back to that? But what I'm saying is, is that okay, LeBron I, had I, no rings when he got there. D-Way had already won a chip. There was already a parade on Biscayne. That's cool. That's cool. But we're talking about LeBron. LeBron is talking about LeBron, King James, the chosen one, right? We're not talking about D Wade. LeBron James got there, and then they go back to back to back to back to championships. I mean, to the championship. Okay. Then he leaves, and they're on a drought again. But so it you're like LeBron. The facts in between that, though. This is what LeBron is saying. You go to lost ones from Jay Z. No, we're talking about I what heard, Gil's saying. I heard, I heard, I'm talking about what Jay-Z said. This is what Braun's saying. I heard motherfuckers say they made Hove. Okay, so go make another Hove. I, I want to ask you Go this, make though. another Hove. But nobody's no. saying that Miami made him. We're talking about Gilbert Arena's statement right now saying that heat culture is not real and that LeBron was the heat culture and he took the oh, culture with hold him. On, That's not but, true. I know, but there's so many different uh, perspectives being thrown in this. I, I disagree with Gilbert Arena's there. I love the heat culture, I, everything that you broke down. Uh, that heat culture brought in outside of LeBron, what, one championship? That Because Pat Riley is the heat culture. When Pat Riley yeah. got there okay they won championship with lebron how many championships came there was already there was already there was already d wade was there i want you to answer this question it's not just pat riley eric spolster is part of that heat culture their conditioning program the way they run that organization you never but but it started with who though it, it started with Pat Riley. That's why on the Bill Belichick conversation, that's why I said I would lean more towards the well, coach what? because Pat, Pat Pat Riley and Bill Belichick's are the one that implement that, pass it to the coaches, pass it to the managers, pass it to the players, and the players take it and it morphs into something right, different. Right, but he, Gilbert Arena is trying to discredit Heat culture is infactual because it's a multitude of things. One, it existed before LeBron got there, and two, it's not just about the players. It's the standard which the players are held to. It's the way that they are conditioned. It's the way that they run that organization organization as somebody who used to cover that team when I was on Miami sports radio you never heard a thing they run that organization I agree, like but the that's mafia. not but, but that but okay but, so but that's it, not it we're, I'm I'm, we're back to LeBron I still be king without Miami that is our news of the day that's the headline so I agree with you there Ashley mm-hmm. but that culture produced one championship the but other part of Gilbert Arena's success since LeBron yeah, has that, left. yeah that's fine and that's B, fine B, I just want you to answer this right yep. Bron has four rings yep he doesn't go to Miami. Let's just say he doesn't get them two rings. He came back 3-1 against Golden State. If he ain't had that championship pedigree that he got from Miami with Randy in the ring, do you think he'd come back and win that 3-1? I, I think, I do think, you think he got the mentality yes, to come yes, back? Yes, yes, because there's different 3-1. scenarios. We can't, and, and now we're playing a what-if game. Like, if LeBron attracted a KD to uh, Cleveland or if Bosh or Wade came there, like, it's just about scenarios. When Braun was going to be a winner, period. The only question is... Is it four rings? Is it five? Is it three? Is it two? LeBron right. was out there by himself. I understand that, we're but not, with all not, the pressure. We're playing the what-if game, though, because we don't know if LeBron doesn't go to Miami, where does he go? And what? if he does go there, does he win rings? We can't look. We what? can't go into the past what? and change what? the trajectory of his career. But what we do know this, right, Ashley, we do know that he was the biggest prospect ever to come into the NBA. But is that, hold, is nobody, that correct? Yes, but is nobody's that arguing okay. that he okay. wouldn't be one okay. of the greatest players to play okay. the game without okay. Miami. He would, that would still be the case. Okay, so so we, we do know that. Is it also fair to say that 
what he did in Cleveland by himself with that roster was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Yes. Okay, cool. And is it also fair to say in his 20th year, at 37 years of age, he averaged 35 minutes and averaged uh, 25 points. It's phenomenal. Is that yes. phenomenal? It's phenomenal. Yes. Okay, so LeBron was going to be LeBron. The king was going to be the king with with Miami or without Miami? Nobody's if, if, arguing if, that, if, though. If it had to get done in Cleveland, p- attracting players, or if he had to go to Golden State, if he had to go to New York, he, he needed a better he needed a better system around but him. But nobody nobody's arguing whether so or not. We we're about? not arguing whether or not he would have been the greatest, one of the greatest players to play the game without his two rings in Miami. I, I don't think you can even begin to say that he wouldn't be. Everything he's accomplished since then after Miami, he still would have been one of the greatest to ever do it. He would t- he took Cleveland before going to Miami to the finals by himself, to the Eastern Conference Finals by himself. We're not arguing that. He'd still be one of the greatest players to ever play the game. But when we start talking hardware and we okay, start talking so no. about the Jordans and the Kobe's and the Tim Duncan's and, and those guys – would he be in those conversations without Miami? We don't know because we can't go back in time and change the trajectory of his career. But people are saying that a, a chunk of LeBron's legacy is elevated because of those two rings in Miami because he has four. For, for, no, for sure. For sure. And, and, and I heard like Stephen A. Smith talking about, you know, if it wasn't for Allen Iverson, he wouldn't be in this position today. 100% the... People that comes along, right, uh, uh, come along during a journey helps you get there, right? And so, I and I tried to say this yesterday, I, I feel like if I'm LeBron James and I'm hearing this narrative year after year and D-Wade do a recent, and I don't think it was malicious or anything, D-Wade do a, another podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago and he's like, yeah, like, LeBron, he needed me, he needed me. Like, think if you're the king, if you've been called the chosen one since you were a baby and you're here, I needed you. I need, I was the chosen one. I'm the king. A lot of this stuff is political when we go out there and be like, yeah, man, that's my dog, this, that, blah, 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 blah. Like, you try not to rock the boat. But then I, eventually you're human. You break. Like, hold on, hold on. I think that's what LeBron is doing right now. It's like, hold on, everybody. I was the chosen one. Do y'all not remember what y'all coined me, what I coined myself when I was in middle school? I'm him. Right. And so, yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, he needed D. Wade and he needed Pat Riley. But also, he could have won four or five if he had Phil Jackson. He could have won four or five if he had a better situation. You know what I'm saying? That's I think that's what LeBron is saying is like, I don't think it's about I don't this. Need I think him. it's about I just need a the, better the, surrounding around I think me. it's I think it's about, and y'all brought it up earlier, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. I think it's more of that type of thing going on. Than it is just us debating all these other things. I think he's, Tom, I think he's upset about Pat Riley and everybody else saying D Wade. But even with the Tom Brady situation, we've had this conversation on the show, and we say if Tom Brady goes to the Giants, does he win Super Bowls? Yeah, probably. Does he win as many as he did with Bill Belichick? Probably not. There's nothing wrong with acknowledging that a system helped make you or helped elevate your career. I don't think anybody in their right mind could say LeBron would not be the same player no, without no, Miami. No. Ashley, what we've you been debating for years is LeBron is not clutch. LeBron is not a winner. Who said I think that, that every, that's been sports talk 
That's I, meant okay. sports talk. Well, not like you. Said, I'm talking about sports talk. Nobody in their right sports mind talk. would say that. Ashley, you and if know they you did, know you haven't you haven't heard that. I'm saying I'm. You're hearing from my. But mouth. have you heard that narrative though? I probably heard it and just didn't and let it go through one ear out the other because it's crazy. All I'm simply mm-hmm. saying is is that LeBron as the player, LeBron the individual was gonna be goaded with or without Miami. That's I feel like you cannot argue that. All I think people are talking about is his career is elevated to a different tier of player because of what had transpired in Miami. That mm-hmm. began the trajectory of the 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 GOAT that is, or the the higher GOATs, right, if right. you will, that is LeBron James right. because then what followed was Cleveland, then the Lakers, and it's four championship rings. But the two are not, the two don't have to go together. He was going to be a GOAT regardless. But, think about what but you he's just in a said, different though. tier of GOAT because of what transpired Cleveland, in Miami. Cleveland, Miami, Cleveland, L.A. Cleveland couldn't get it done with a trash, not a trash roster, but it wasn't elite, okay? And then you go to Miami, you win. During that time, a narrative was created that LeBron, before he got there, right before he got there, the narrative was created that LeBron is not a winner, he's not clutch. That's That was the narrative. So now he goes to Miami, they start winning. And now... The narrative is D. Wade taught him how to be a winner. D. Wade taught him how to be clutch. He leaves. Now D. Wade taught me how to be clutch and how to be a winner, which he definitely taught him things for sure. He goes and wins in Cleveland. He goes and wins in L.A., okay? And and so I believe that LeBron is sitting here saying that if I went to Chicago, if I went to Dallas, I was going to win championships. It doesn't matter because I was him. But the, the, what's wrong with igni- this goes back because to, this, the, this goes back to what Gilbert Arenas is saying that I disagree with about heat culture. What is wrong with acknowledging that a system took your greatness that you had already possessed? Nobody is saying Miami created Le- nobody is saying Miami created LeBron. That Not would be that. that would be crazy. But heat culture and what that means and what that produces, and we have seen that post-LeBron, yes, it hasn't resulted in a championship, but Miami post-LeBron has been successful. Again, three Eastern Conference Finals, two NBA Finals, the most of any team in the last six years, Brandon. But That's they a big deal. They won with Braun. Did they win with Braun? Have the Lakers won since the bubble? But isn't that a big? But the, it, that's what I'm saying. Is that, is still, that is that is that is still <laughs> a level of that's still a level of success, and they have done that with what some people may say not a superstar team. Remember, a lot of the guys on the Miami Heat go undrafted. They're deep picks that guys right. you know get from the G League. And or that's why undrafted. they ain't got no ring since. But that is what the Heat culture is. They have done that okay. without All a right. superstar. Listen, listen, essentially, we're saying the same thing. Not saying the same thing, but I, I just feel like LeBron his it's it's hitting his ego a little deeper. Meaning, we know we all need people. We know it's a team effort. You know, you need general manager, you need support, you need all of that. But to, the way I would receive the narrative or, you know, if I'm LeBron, is that, like, y'all are telling me I'm not him. Veep, yeah, I'm not going to be honest. Before we get to Dion, yeah. right, because we got to get to Dion. 
I shouldn't be a judge. You done persuaded me, B. I'm all the way on you and Gilbert's side when it comes to now I see what they saying. Oh, so you don't think heat culture is a real thing? No, it's a no, real thing. No, We're not saying that. They're, they're but not no, no, saying no, no, no. no not Gilbert Arena specifically said that heat culture is not real. Because what Gilbert was saying you could, you could was, I disagree with that, though. I disagree with that. And then it would, it would exist the I same way I disagree with that. I think, the there are, I think I disagree with Gilbert Arena. So then how do you agree with what he's saying? No, I'm not saying. We're talking about LeBron. I be the king without Miami. No, I'm referring to Gilbert right. Arena specifically saying that culture is not real because if then. you yeah. put a different team in front of the world culture and LeBron's on that team, he is the culture. I think that discredits everything that the Miami Heat do and what they stand for, and I think that's not fair. Well, what, and it's not factual. He said, "I still, I don't, I didn't read the whole thing, but it, right here it says I still be the king yes, without and Miami." Gilbert is saying that Miami. We ain't talking about no, Gilbert. No, but you guys just said that you agreed with well, him. Well, this, agree this with what I say. Oh, 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 okay, Gilbert saying the culture is gonna follow LeBron everywhere. But like it's not. Prime. But the culture exists in Miami mm, without LeBron, though. So like, I don't understand how that's how you agree with that. Yes, he went to a great culture. But everywhere he goes, the culture is going to follow. Okay, but those are two separate things. Heat culture is real, and yeah, LeBron's his own culture, but heat culture exists post-LeBron and existed pre-LeBron. If you're Alabama... Who's who's more of a winner, the Heat or the LeBron? Are we talking teams? Are we talking teams? Are we talking? Uh -huh. I don't understand how no, we can discredit uh, something that we no, have I'm just, visually I, yeah, seen after Yeah, I'm just saying, LeBron I would say I, LeBron, how many... Championships has he has he been to Eastern Eastern Conference or the finals? Like he is a winner. Okay, this is and how so I look and at Miami it. has been to but, them without LeBron, but and they haven't. LeBron, Jordan, look, Jordan was getting his ass kicked in the East, right? And what happened? Then Scotty came, other people came, right? He was it was the same type of trajectory, and then all of a sudden he started winning, winning, winning. So now do we have to go back in history and say? The same thing with 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 Jordan. We got to have the same conversation with with Jordan. Then this is how I look okay. at Ashley Last Point. point. On this, this is how I look at Ashley Point. Alabama has a culture, right? If Saban leaves, Alabama has his own culture right now. If Dion goes to Alabama, he's bringing his culture, his following that he has. That no matter wherever he goes, go follow to a culture that's already there, right? Does that make sense? Like, I mean. LeBron can have his own culture, and he can have their own. Okay, culture. but just to end this discussion, I mean, I see what Miami you're has you know what been. Miami has been to the finals two out of the last four seasons. The, when was cool. the last time the Lakers went to the finals? It doesn't. LeBron's that, there now, right? What saying is the coach. LeBron's there now, though, He's, right? It, it, they're right? a winner. Yes, no, no, they but are. He's there now, right? So if 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 LeBron but and Gilbert's we, point, if LeBron is the culture, then the Lakers should have been in the finals. But, but, but what Gilbert, what Gilbert, listen, can we run this back before years. we move on? One more time. <laughs> can we run Gilbert's video back? Like, I just think, you realize like, part Bron, of it. You realize Bron's like four and ten or something like that in the finals, right? Yeah, that's right. that's right. That's right. That's right. That contradicts his point. Uh, whose how? point? Gilbert's point. No, Gilbert's point is before there was, there was a, how many years went by uh, after 2006, finals where they wanted the heat wanted where they were bums okay lebron insert lebron okay bosh they go to the championship they go to the finals how many times miami take won no, a no, championship no. before lebron Once. and after lebron they have been to the finals two of the last four seasons three eastern conference no no finals. Ashley, what have the no, Lakers ashley done ashley since 2000 we're talking about we're talking about 13 years have gone by 2011 what? is two we're going in 2024 you realize lebron has a losing record see see this is what ashley did LeBron she tried to take the small record. sample size of the it's last four years size. but look has at the last but can we look at can we look at the can we look at post lebron from 2011 to 2023 
You're just I looking at the looking last at three years. LeBron. Okay, and they they're just now getting back there. It's been six years, and they've been in the conference six finals years? or the finals. It hasn't been six years. He left two in 2011, right? I'm saying in the last six years, the Miami Heat if have I'm been right. to more Eastern Conference Finals and NBA Make Finals sure. than any other team in That's the NBA. Cool. That's cool. That's cool. But, what are we but, arguing? And LeBron won twice. So LeBron, oh, that's fine. LeBron has, post-Miami, post LeBron won two championships. The Heat won zero. LeBron has a losing record in the finals. You realize that, But right? would you take it's a losing record or would you take two? Get it's not his fault. Right. Right. I'm, I'm not arguing. Again, I'm not. It's what? It's not You're, his it's, fault that he doesn't get there. I mean, if you go to the finals as many times as he went, like, you well, might I'm have sorry. a I keep saying, record. I keep saying uh, 2011 is when he got there. 2014 was his last season, so I got to correct myself. Okay, so 2014 so nine to years, now. Nine years. And last six nine years, years, they've been in the Eastern Conference Finals or the NBA Finals. And how many championships do that's they have? That's seven, eight, isn't nine. Isn't it all, about, isn't it all about the ring, though? That's what we said but in the hardware? But that's only three years of losing. This is argument doesn't make any sense. And LeBron won, too. LeBron won, too. Okay, I just I can't. Let's, let's do this. Can, this argument makes no sense mathematically. But no, we're, we're you know, gonna, we you gotta know, get to Dion before you know, the break. You, you so know why it doesn't make quick. sense? It, and, and this, and, but it, this is why this this stuff is so awesome because everybody have their own perspective, and you can throw in different. You know what I mean? You can throw in different facts or different opinions, and it's going to take a conversation to a whole another, a whole another level. Uh, we don't have to run the uh, Gilbert Arenas uh, soundbite. I thought it was awesome. Ashley didn't think it was awesome, and that's okay. We can go to Dion. All right. Um, I'm actually being told we got to go to break. So we'll go to Dion after the break. Listen, we'll be right back after this. <laughs> Damn, why I kept saying 2000? Yeah. Kept it going. See, that's the conversation that I, I want to have with you with you, and, um, and, I, and, and I feel like, okay, what are we teaching? Like, mm -hmm. what's, the, what's the takeaway here? And we're in this space now, new media, this watershedding moment where you're like, I don't have to go to ESPN. I don't mm -hmm. have to go to FS1. Mm -hmm. I can own my own content. I can distribute my own content on these other platforms, right? So, like, the, 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 like the, some of the things I want you to, you know, walk us through, and I, I'm trying to peel back, is, like, how do we monetize? How do we build teams? Because, like, we need to hear that because not everybody know how to run their own business. Yeah, man, well, you know, just be, to be honest, like I tell everybody, you know, and this ain't, and I'm definitely not religious, I just believe. Just read, just reading the word, all the game I've learned was in the Bible, right. just being real, which everybody know I believe in Jesus, but even though a person don't believe in Jesus, his system was key. He taught everybody around him, he was really giving them game. So when he not around, so what I did with people around me, I used everybody around me. My first pieces of content was me and my sons, or me and my brother, or me and my baby mamas, whatever was around me, I believe God so fair, He's not finna put your blessing all the way in uh, China. It's always around you. So I, a country boy, I always looked at what was around me because I couldn't get to the city. So my first pieces of content, I tell everybody in the content game, use everything around you first and build out from there. Mm. Because what happens is they try to go, let me go get this good app off this tree. Let me go get this and I'm finna have, but when you build from the inside, you know, and those people around you gonna learn. You're going to make some mistakes along the way, but they're going to learn, and now they become valuable in the game. So I used to study big companies, and they all do that. Everybody around me do something. My baby right. mama's in the skits. <laughs> Those it, your baby mamas? Them are real baby mamas. And everybody be like, oh, he spent, 200, he spent a lot of money on child support. But listen, I could put up five skits with them and make me a dog. You know what I'm saying? Make twenty thousand dollars. So they, so they really paying themselves? Oh, everybody. My son helped me build a business. My son Tony was in the skits making money. Like, I put my brother, 
who played, I played his character Drill. That's my real brother, T. Yeah. I put my dad in them skits. So the payroll, everything pays itself because once you become monetized, everything is money. I tell everybody, for example, say, man, if you can cook, if you can do anything, if your grandma know how to cook them goddamn them turkey legs, get online right, right. and film her cooking them turkey legs. Right. And then, but people want too much knowledge before they move. What you mean? They wanna they look at something like this and be like, I want mine to look like this before I move. It ain't gonna look like you just. That's then you gonna get paralysis. You gonna be be paralyzed in the game. You wanna just move like me. I didn't know people were editing, cause I'm from I'm a country boy, so I was ignorant. So I thought everything on TV. I didn't know nothing about editing. So when I taught myself how to keep people attention online. It uh without editing. Right. I just did it. So when I got to Atlanta, I seen everybody was editing and cutting. I said, oh, I taught myself a skill. If I would have just, if I would have tried to get too much knowledge, I would have knew they were editing. So I would have taught myself a special skill on accident. It's like Kyrie Irving learned how to do that because they say he had a raggedy goal. Mm -hmm. If he had, if he would have had a fixed goal, he would have never been able to. Right. So right. people should just do it and don't be scared to suck. Right. And get good. Yeah. Came up from the mud, it's like I walk around with a shoe stain. Uncle gave me fire when we kicked it, he was Luke Kane. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Uh, if you were wondering, yes, we were still we were still talking about this in the break. This is what basketball conversations. Um, I might like basketball more than football now, for real. I've been telling Ashley, football king, football king. We gonna talk more football than basketball. Yo, we might need to switch it up. What you think, Ash? I mean, I've been trying to tell. Look, you look, if you hear BC in the back clapping. I've been trying to tell you that NBA is where it's football's at. no longer king. It's all about the NBA. Period. I think there are more storylines in the NBA than the no, NFL. Yeah. Is that fair? Now, now, now you're going too no, far. You're I, going too far. Time out. I think that in the going NFL, far, I think man. that in the, in the NFL, there's like a certain amount of teams that are constantly in the news circuit and they're constantly in the storylines right. and we're all this. But I feel like in the NBA, there's so many storylines across the league 
that like you could talk about one team each day of the week and have a new story. Like I just feel like the NBA, the NFL is like particular teams. You're always talking about the Chiefs and the mm-hmm. Patriots and the Cowboys. You don't really talk about like the Colts normally. Right, right. No right. one's talking about the Vikings. Like you NFL know what I mean? Like teams, the NBA are players. She might. You might be. I, I need. I need and some time yeah. to That's digest that. What do you say? Teams and players in the NBA. There are storylines surrounding them. And versus, what did you say? That's what he said. Uh, yeah, oh. NFL are more teams when you talk about it. NBA right. is more like players. You right. can talk about teams, but it's like star-driven players. Right? It's more drama in the NBA, based on what sure. you're saying. They're yeah, messier. NBA messy. players are messier. They're messy. Well, speaking of messy, we got Brandon Marshall here. We got Brandon <laughs> Flowers here. I'm Ashley Nicole Moss. Welcome back to Paper Out if you're listening on Sirius you know XM Cam, Faction Talk Cam Newton hit me 103. Go, go, go. Uh, we thank you so much. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hi, guys. Happy Hump Day. Um, you have something you want to say? No, I was okay. I was about to be toxic. Okay. I don't need to be You're toxic. You're going to be messy. We're not going to be messy. I'm healing. Um, we're going to talk some Deion Sanders right now. And uh, Prime was on the Dan Patrick show recent, recently. That was a tongue twister. Prime Time was on the Dan Patrick show recently. And uh, he was talking about coaching in the NFL. And, uh, well, it doesn't sound like he's very interested. Listen to this. I don't think I'm built for the NFL. I, I don't think because I'm too, I appreciate the game so much and I respect the game so much of what the game has consistently done for me for a multitude of years that when I see a guy getting paid millions and millions of dollars and he has no respect for the game, does not want to excel and exceed expectations of the game, I'm going to have a true problem. So I'm the kind of coach that would go out there with 53 and come back after halftime with about 32. <laughs> <laughs> because I can't do it. Like, I'm I'm too brutally honest, and I want to win that much, and I, I need everybody that respects the game. And oftentimes, money clouds that judgment. That is, is happening in college football. Money clouds that, that love and that passion for the game. Mm. Interesting. There's been a lot of talk since Dion got to Colorado about whether or not he would be leaving in the near future to coach the NFL. As we know, he's already said that his son Shador will be back next season at Colorado, that he is not entering the NFL draft. But he also said he wasn't going to leave uh, JU. I'm just playing proud. I'm just playing. <laughs> he also- Eventually, Shador will be entering the draft, and it has asked a lot of questions on whether or not Dion will make that leap to the NFL with him so right now it's a no but you know things change yeah things change and uh we will wait and see so beeflo i'll start with you because you're heavy into college football i mean what dion's doing right now is is great um i know colorado's been a little bit of a rough patch since their you know cinderella start to the season but uh do you believe that he would that he has the demeanor rather to be an nfl coach or is college kind of no, nah, college is his thing because in college he can control the college athletes, right? If you tell them to do something, they're going to do it or <laughs> yep. they're gone. You, you don't have that leisure in mm-hmm. the NFL. In the NFL, the players are almost, other than like five teams, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're almost more important than the head coach, right? Mm-hmm. The coach can't come to you and say, I, I'll put myself in this example. We had a head coach that was a drill sergeant, right, that came after a player's coach. He said, we go start conditioning like college after practice, right? We run the 100s. And like vets, like myself, was like, yo, I ain't running. Like, what right. you mean we're about to run like we're in college? And he was like, what you mean you're not running? We literally said, we're not running. 
<laughs> like, I, we don't understand what you mean yeah. asking us this question. So, like, what y'all gonna do? Sit to the side? Well, sit to the side. The rest of the team will run. We literally went to the side, <laughs> sat down, and watched the rest of the team condition. Next day, we still the starters. Nothing happened, right? Right. That can happen to Dion a team. Dion will literally might want to fight these players. You can't get rid of them as a head coach because this is your core players that you need on the team. What do you think Dion will do when you punting the ball on the sideline, right? Because you're frustrated. Like right. he can't take that. Right. He, he can't take that. He need guys that he can motivate and kind of control because, like he said, when you give guys millions of dollars, not saying that we don't love the game, but we ain't gonna approach the game a certain way. He might not like things that players do. Right. You know, as far as things that they just feel on their own that he can't control. And That's also go. and also be like it's not just how they treat him, it's how they treat his entire staff. Dion, if you watch him on social, he's always bringing everyone in front of the room, especially the women like our athletic trainers and support team administrators and saying, "Make sure y'all respect them the same way you respect me." nothing else will be tolerated, right? Anything mm -hmm. below that will be tolerated. So I say that because, you know, you had story time. I'll give you a little story time. When I first got in the league, it, it, it blew my mind how, uh, how different the, the game was and the culture was. I had a drill sergeant in George O'Leary at UCF. Mm -hmm. Bro was brutal, and you had to do that because you're like, yo, my, I, I you know, I'm, I have dreams to make it to the NFL. If I don't do what he said, I can lose my scholarship, which now I lose all hope of making it to the next level. So, anyways, I had that like very strict, strict, strict. I get to the NFL. First off, legendary coach, Super Bowl winning coach Mike Shanahan. They're calling him Mike. Yeah, <laughs> Mike. What are you, Mike? Like that's how that Champ Bailey and those guys and 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 Jake the Snake was like, "Hey, Mike. Uh, what do you think about this play, Mike? You know, no, yes, sir, no, no, sir, none of that, right? And then we get out to the training. Uh, we get out to the uh field, and this is where the support comes in at. We're out there, and Rich Tootin, our strength and his strength and conditioning coach, says, "Hey, we got sixteen one hundreds." Boy, Al and so many others said, hell no, Toot. We ain't doing that shit, Toot. Hell no. I'm sitting here like, what? Me and Elvis Dumerville sitting there like, what? This how y'all talking to the strength and conditioning coach? Like, what? Yeah. So, Dion in that moment will flip out. Uh, Ashley, I think that he's in a perfect situation in college. I don't think that – I think he can be successful in the NFL, but it's so – you know, it's it's year to year. Right. Dion has more control in college and he'll be able to, you know, get the job done there. When he said go from 53 and come back out with 32, because I was thinking about this as I was driving in. What I thought he was going to say was like slap somebody. Dion is the type of coach. <laughs> if you try him, I can see Dion slapping someone upside the head. Right. And so that's why he needs to stay in college, because Dion don't play. Um, I think also Dion flourishes in having. um influence on a certain demographic of, of player what i mean by that is the transition between high school and, and preparing them for their professional career but also entering the real world mm -hmm. when he gets them they're in that in-between phase and anyone you know who's gone to college or just experienced life in in that you know time frame is a lot of transitions that happen you're going from you know, being in high school and, and just kind of not having to really worry about the real world, and now you're in college, and it's still not quite the real world, but it's the preparation for that because graduation comes around, and you're like, okay, there's no meal plan. Mm -hmm. I don't got to be here. 
I can make my own decision. And I think he enjoys having the influence of making these guys better players, but also better young men. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, you know, instrumental. I mean, that that's obvious in the way that he approaches right. coaching. You know, it's not just about the X's and the O's. He talks about, you know, the situation when they um, got their things stolen right. during mm -hmm. UCLA. He says, you know, you know, I messed up because I didn't teach these guys about insurance on these type mm -hmm. of things. And that's like nobody does. Nobody that. does that. Yeah. Right, nobody. right. And yeah. nobody's going to do that for you in the NFL. You get that's your right. chain stolen in the locker mm -hmm. room. Tough shit. Go figure mm -hmm. it out. Like you grown. Like, I think he enjoys helping to mold these like players his purpose. into yeah, it is his purpose. just yep. really just good grounded young men and i just don't see him having that same type of okay, influence but, in in the professional let me throw this and, out and it may there. change it may change yeah. his mind may change but i think I right now this this is his purpose well, B, and this is what he feels well what if what if ashley and b shador makes it to the next level well he will make it to the next level and you think he a, follows him? And he has an opportunity he, to be his coach. It, it, it can't work. He's too structured, right? I give you another story. Our defensive coordinator make a call, right? We've been going over, over this call all week in meetings. We get on the field. The corner's telling Derrick Johnson, a linebacker, pro bowler. We're like, yo, you hanging us out to dry. If we run this defense, do not call this check to this, right? <laughs> right we right. don't care what coach talking about. This is how NFL players think. We don't even care what the D coordinator calls. Like, yo, we're checking it is because we don't want to play this. So they're going through the motions. They get to the exact formation where we're telling him, like, yo, make the call. And you can see it all on his face. He's looking around at me. <laughs> I'm looking at him, like, make the call. He look at Sean Smith on the other side. He looking like, make the call. And he was such in a funk. He was just like, I'm not making a call, right? Because he was scared. We like, yo. Like, we yelling at him why the play going on, but it's like, the next three times they got in that formation, was like, yo, you making that call. We don't <laughs> care. We'll make the call on our own, and Prime is so structured. If he that comes to a happen. meeting and he say to the defensive coordinator, why, why did y'all run? It's like, I ain't called this. Like, they checked that on his own. Listen, he cannot deal with that. Before I move on Bro. to the Pepsi segment, Deontay Taylor Gaines says, hearing B-Flow telling the coach that he's not running is crazy. Yeah, you got paid millions of dollars to play a kid's game. It's normal. Oh, it's normal. Trust me. <laughs> no, no, no. It's B, there's normal. more to that. There's more There's more to it. Wait, 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 what Taylor said? There's more no, to Deontay that. No, Deontay Taylor Gaines said that. We got millions of dollars. See, that's the problem, right? What the problem is this. I shouldn't have said that brand's gonna go on a soapbox. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, Brandon, right. you got, yeah. you me, got two minutes. Right. I gotta go. I, to I don't even need to. I don't right, even need go. to. The floor is yours. You got But y'all might want to respond to this. This you might be a great seconds. it might be a great debate. Go ahead. Here's the problem. When you're in high school and you're well, literally to college. They coach you and approach you like they're military, like it's militant mm -hmm. and you're like drill sergeants. So you're a little boy. You're impressionable. You're supposed to look up and follow. But when you morph into a man, 21, well, 19, 20, 21, 22, that's when you're about to get drafted or picked mm -hmm. up in the NFL. You're a man now. 23, 24, 25. And you have another grown man cursing you, screaming at you. That just doesn't resonate or asking you to do stuff that doesn't even make sense. And that's part of the problem is we think these coaches are a lot of these coaches are smart. Half these coaches are dumb and they're asking you to do things that, you know, won't work. And they don't want your input as another man. And that's where the problem lies. You are under 120. Good for you. Brandon. <laughs> Clap it up.
Ah. B-Flow, you got 60. Go. Listen, <laughs> they like to say the money, the money. Why should you guys act like this? Because the money, we earned the money. Mm. Like, I lead, I lead Kansas City and Passes Defended in the whole franchise. That's why I got my money. Mm. But like you said, B, if I'm running all these 110s and now my back tight, hamstrings tight, now I can't perform on the field, then what? That's so right. that's why when you're a professional, you govern yourself. And like you said, sometimes these coaches don't know what to do or what they're doing, so we take it in our own hands. That's right. Good job. Good Under 60, Brandon. <laughs> nice guy. Nice job, guys. Two-minute drill. Nice guy. Nice job, guys. All right. Well, we're going to switch gears right now because it is time for Yo Rookie, presented by Pepsi Zero Sugar, NFL Rookie of the Week. Who is it? You can't hear me. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, first and foremost, we have the winner from last week. And Brandon, get your mayonnaise ready because it was Will Levis. Hold on. What? Will won it? Will won it. He's our week wait, <laughs> our week eight winner. I like um, it. He had a four-touchdown game last week. He got busy. So there's yeah. your week eight winner. How do you feel about that? You know what? Uh, I, you know, I like it. I like it. There was a lot on his shoulders. There's a, you know, D-Hop. You have a, 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 a alpha, a true number one wide receiver. And that's different. Not just a wide receiver. It's D-Hop, Alpha, true number one. And he looking at you like, yo, I need the ball. I ain't come here for this. And you're a rookie with so much pressure. And you go out there and do that, four touchdowns? And he and it, and it wasn't just like it was just, just big plays, big plays. If you really watch the game, he was so efficient in how he was operating. So he deserves it. Um, hopefully he cuts out on the mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. I actually heard that he, he stopped doing the mayonnaise thing. That's what I heard. I saw him do it on Twitter the other day. So The other day? Or like last week. No way. No sure. way. I think so. Or maybe that was an old video. I don't know. Yeah, it was an old video. Um, well, listen, well deserved. Will Great job, our, Will. Will is our week eight winner, but we have week nine nominees. So, BC, go ahead and throw that graphic up there. Here we go. We're going to run through them real quick. We got C.J. Stroud out of Houston, Texas, uh, threw for 470 yards and five touchdowns in the Texans' Week 9 win. We have Keaton Mitchell, who rushed for 138 yards and one touchdown in the Ravens' victory. We have Tank Dell, who we spoke to yesterday. He caught six passes for 114 yards and two touchdowns in Week 9. We have Buffalo tight end Dalton Kincaid. He caught 10 passes for 81 yards against the Bengals. We have Byron Young out of L.A. He recorded 10 tackles, two two sacks, and one forced fumble uh, in week eight. And lastly, rounding out our six nominees, also from L.A., but the other team, the Chargers, Darius Davis scored his first career touchdown with an 87-yard punt return on Monday Night Football. And the Chargers got the win against Brandon's J-E-T-S, Jets. Now, yesterday we had the privilege of speaking to Tank Dell on the show, and here's what he had to say about his quarterback. That man's special, man. Um, He's a (laughs) God-fearing man for sure, but... um... Just the things he do, you know, like we'll be, we got like a little group chat, all the receivers and the tight ends, and it'd be like 11 o'clock at night. He's sending videos, like he's sending videos through that he's been studying throughout the wow. week, like showing us, like, you know, we install something like on this play. If we get this look, he'll tell a certain person, like, it'd be ready, you know, if they play like this, cut the route short or something like that. Like, he already 10 steps ahead before Sunday even comes. So, once he's out there, you know, he could just play ball, you know, have fun. Like, he ain't got to be out there, you know, nervous or thinking too much. He, I already did all the hard work throughout the week. So once that time comes, he's just ready to go. 
Listen, um, safe to say, real quick, guys, is CJ already a top 10 QB? Yes. Almost. All, you got to yes. get a top 10? Yeah, bro. Like, we look at the look at the numbers. What did Ashley say? Numbers don't lie? Like, if you look at it, bro, I mean, yes, he is. Okay, so who would you and take even out of Even from a list? mindset standpoint, what he just said, what he just said, and I said that on uh, yesterday's interview, I'm like, bro, that's what Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Josh McCowns used to do you know, speak to us throughout the week, 11, 12 at night, hey, if this situation come up, right, be be prepared for this and, and do this, right? That's offensive coordinators. Those are the Peyton Mannings and the Aaron Rodgers of the world that have that type of liberty to, to make those type of decisions and lead that type of way. This is next-level stuff, bro, for sure. I think he's right outside, like 11, 12-ish. And that's saying something, being a rookie, going to Houston, that wasn't a team that was already, like, developing, ready to win, right? So that that speaks to his talent on a whole nother level. But outside of this list, like, who do you take off this top 10 list when you go Mahomes, Dak, Tua, Hurts, uh, Lamar, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and golf? Like, who would you put? One more time, one more time. All right, so Josh Allen, Mahomes, Dak, Herbert, Tua, Hurts, Lamar, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, and golf. Like, who would you take out? See, I think he's right golf, outside that. Golf. Golf playing ball, bro. Like, he's playing ball. And, and if I'm being honest here, dang, I don't like to talk like this, man. See, I think I, he's right I, outside I want to say, like, because I'm thinking when you say top 10, I'm, I'm looking at now because he – He's top ten in uh, in yards this year, mm-hmm. and I was looking at you know TDs and interceptions, but I can do that another time. But I'm also thinking about just winning, bro. Josh Allen, I'm winning. But he's a, Josh Allen, not a top <laughs> ten quarterback. He's saying he's a top <laughs> ten quarterback. What's the ten again? I'm just saying. You said if you had to, if you're starting a franchise over. I mean, you also got you got Dax in there, and you got some other people. Let me not say that. Dax I don't even want that ball. to go. I don't even want to. I don't even want that to go viral. Stop. Go, go. Who's <laughs> All the right, top so team? Josh Allen, Mahomes. Not in order. Josh Allen, Mahomes, Dak, Herbert, Tua, Hurts, Golf, Lamar, Trevor Lawrence, and Joe Burrow. Yeah, I think Golf is the only one. I think golf is the only one. Golf has been so solid this but year. But I feel like so you efficient. can make the argument to take golf out and put CJ in if, out of everyone on that you list. Can't make I feel like that's the only right that's the only yeah. piece that I, I feel like you could make that conversation with. All right, well, listen. He's seven in he's seven in yards, Ashley. TDs. I don't know if he's up there. He's probably not up there in TDs. I'm just saying, out of everyone on that list, I feel like the golf only piece the that you can play with is Jared. He's golf, fourth so. in he's fourth in, in QBR rating. Well, he's listen, fourth. Brandon. If you want to go ahead and make a case for CJ or any of our other week nine nominees, voting closes Thursday. So that is tomorrow at 11 a.m. The NFL will announce the week nine winner noon on Thursday. So do not forget to vote at NFL.com slash voting slash rookies. That's NFL.com slash voting slash rookies. Yes, Brandon. So you know who's fifth after uh, CJ in quarter QBR. Ben, I say Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. <laughs> Russell Wilson. This has been Yo Rookie, presented by Pepsi Zero Sugar NFL Rookie of the Week. Please get me out of here. <laughs>
Well, Brandon, don't go too far because it is time now for Marsh Madness. This is a little segment we like to do each week where Brandon gives us his top five list of whatever the category may be. And this week, it's all about Brandon's top five yeah. NFC contenders. Now, there are a lot of heavyweights in the NFC that have a shot for the really? Super Bowl. Is there? That are trying to make the Super Bowl. And uh, it is now time for Brandon to list them in order of who has the best shot of them all. So, Brandon, the floor is yours, B-Flow. Get your paper ready because I know you're going to be go. ready to disagree with him. And action. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is Marsh Madness, not March Madness. How did I mess up my own branded segment? Thank you so much, Brian, for creating this for me because y'all know I like to talk. And this is a segment where Ashley never cuts me off because she knows it's all about me. Yeah, thank I, you, I, thank I have the cutting <laughs> off problem. <laughs> so, so, listen, I'm not – when I'm looking at this, right – I wasn't super excited about this. Brian's like, bro, give me your top five NFC teams, right, contenders. And I'm like, oh, I'm not really feeling the NFC. I feel like all the action is in the AFC. We know about the Philadelphia Eagles. We kind of know about the 49ers. We kind of know about the Dallas Cowboys. And then it's like you look at the NFC South. Is anybody excited about the NFC South? Is anybody excited about the NFC South? NFC North, the Detroit Lions, phenomenal story these last couple years. Coach coming in, he was my coach when I played for the Dolphins and doing a tremendous job. But are they really that 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 team? I don't know. But look, here, here we are. We're doing it. We're in week 10. So I'm going to start with number five, the Saints. What? Which, which let me Saints? tell you why. Let me tell you why. Listen, the New Orleans Saints? Ashley, they're winning their division. There's the Atlanta Falcons, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Carolina Panthers. If I didn't put them in there, I probably got a lot of pushback. Brandon, like, Brandon, how do you not put anybody in from the NFC South? I, I'm not excited about it. I just said that. I'm not really excited about the New Orleans Saints. Are we good? Are we not good? Are we going to make a run? Are we not going to make a run? Uh, Derek Carr, what's happening? Are you going to get it done or not? But you had to go with the New Orleans Saints because they're winning their division. But what I believe is going to happen, they'll get into postseason. And there's going to be a team, maybe a wild card team, that probably knocks them out, okay? So that's my, my fifth team. And wait, just hold, hold it, hold it, hold it. Number four, this is a team that ah, could potentially turn it on. You know, their defense, you know, they, were, they, 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 they had a legendary defense back in the past. Um, and then they let go of everybody. Guys got hurt. Guys got traded. Guys got old. And then they were in the bottom of the barrel for a while. Everybody knew what they were doing. They were so predictable. Now they have a really good defense. But now the guy that said everybody wrote them off, you know, wrote them off, but he ain't right back. He got to get this offense back on track. And that's the Seattle Seahawks at number four. The Seattle Seahawks is my fourth NFC contender. And then number three, you have the San Francisco 49ers. And this is where it gets really interesting, guys. And this is where the debate really can start, Okay. Why the San Francisco 49ers here and not the Dallas Cowboys? The Dallas Cowboys, number two. And then you have the Philadelphia Eagles, number one. And we should have had a big, big, big space or, yeah, big space in between one and two. Because the Philadelphia Eagles showed Ashley and the whole world everybody, how good they were. Dallas, The Dallas Cowboys came out and gave their best shot, and they still came up short. Coach called his best game ever as a play caller and still couldn't get it done. So this is Brandon's Marsh Madness top five NFC contenders. 
Any I'm debate, sorry. Any debate here. How do you have, any how do you have the Saints <laughs> on this list but not the Lions? Like, how the, the Lions hell? Lions lost two games How the year? hell does that Only work? Only two. You know, let me tell you why. Let me tell you Please why. Please tell me why. And they what? beat Kansas City. Let me tell you why. Like, let me tell you why. I, I got to see what happens next. I got to see what happens next. They've lost two games. I got to see. I got to see. I got to see what happens next game. I got to see what happens next game. Because you got to see what happened with the Lions, but you don't got to wait to see what happened with the Saints. Like, you you sold on Derek Carr and the Saints. That's what you're talking they've about. Lost, they are, they, they've lost two games. It's week 10, <laughs> and you have the Saints on this list, but the Lions you don't believe in. What the hell have the Saints done that make you believe in them over the I Lions? I know. Listen, they, they went out there. Uh, you know, what are they, coming off a bye? I don't know if they've been sleeping. They sleeping. They've been on a bye. I forgot about them. I forgot about the Lions. I forgot about the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> they were out there on a the bye, I believe. And so we weren't talking about it. You just said it. Nobody talks about the Colts. Nobody talks How about the How do you have more faith in this? Even if, even if you – listen, I'll play devil's advocate and let's say, oh, he forgot about the Lions. Don't believe him, but he forgot about the Lions. How the hell do you have the Saints above the Vikings? The Saints above the Vikings? Mm. Uh, are like, you believing this? Are you believing Josh Dobbs will come in and hold it down? Saint, what have do the you Saints believe done that Kirk, you put, put so Kirk much Cousins, emphasis? They're, they're just so winning many... the division. They're winning the division. They and I know I should have said the Lions. Like <laughs> <laughs> what are we too, doing? I, I, I fell asleep on the Lions. I fell asleep on the Lions. The truth of the matter is this. Let me tell you. The truth of the matter is this. Y'all can debate. I'm going to apologize for not having the Lions up there. Okay? When I'm wrong, I know I say I'm wrong. But everything else is not debatable. Okay. This out of list should have went, right? Okay, tell me. It should have went. <laughs> I'm going to say how it should have went. So All right. So the Seahawks should have been at number five, right? Okay. That's fair to say. I would say I will move San Francisco down to four. Yes. The San Lions Francisco, at three? The Lions at number two. Oh, you're an asshole. The Cowboys okay. at three. The Cowboys at three. The Lions at it. number two got and it. Philly at one. That's a flawless list. Though. All right. I got it. That's I gave you. I gave you. I gave you the floor, and that's year. how you do me. I gave you the floor, and that's how you do. Jared so Goff has been fine. Please cut his mic. <laughs> so so okay, I like that. Give me your five, Ashley. Um, for me, Seattle's. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, Saints aren't in it. I would go. I'm fifty fifty. I'd probably split five between Seahawks and the Vikings. Um, I would go four Forty ers Three Lions, two Cowboys, one Eagles. So my list, but she being biased. So <laughs> pretty much mine was flawless. Pretty much. Okay, so I, listen, because I don't, people, I'm going to lose five all is credibility. Split for I'm me. turning into it. I'm, turn, I'm turning into an NBA uh, insider. Um, I'm really excited about NBA season. So I do want to say this before I go viral for the wrong reasons. Uh, the Lions should absolutely be on this list. <laughs> the Saints, like what the hell? Yeah, I like, know. Where did they even yeah, come from? They not really on this list. I don't know what happened. I don't know. I, my, my my fingers sending this message back to Brian. I don't know what happened. But you do have to put the team, and that's why the Lions have to be on there, and they are in a prime position. But you have to put the Saints on there because they're winning the division. You don't. You know. talk about contenders. Their division is. Contenders is, is contenders. I don't want to. I want to say what I want to. Their division is not great. That's the political way of saying it. I look at the Saints like I look at the Commanders. Like y'all just out there, like just try to win, I guess. But contenders. No, I mean you can't put them with the Commanders because at least I, the Saints are gonna, because the Saints Here's, are going to win their division. Probably the Commanders okay, aren't. Listen, I'm trying not to. They're not throw, even going to be like. You know what I mean? One. The Commanders have one loss more. Okay, can I just say this? And I'm trying to be a good teammate I guess. here. Okay, yeah. I'm trying <laughs> to be a good teammate here, Brian. Brian. I, I t- they bully you to making this list? Listen, let say? me show you my text. Look, what does it say? 
I but I look. What did it say? I I, I misspelled this. What did I'm it say? really into it, but. I'm really not into it. That's what I meant to say. Oh, well, you shouldn't have hit Bri- that and typo. Then Bri- and then Brian said, okay, what about Q- QBs you trust most in the NFC? And I said, I, Don't well, blame Brian because do you're yeah, listening. You're really trying to walk this back. <laughs> Don't blame <laughs> Brian because you're really your list ain't it. <laughs> well, because here's, here's what I was going to say. Nobody forced you to put this list together. <laughs> this Jerry <laughs> off in the top. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry for like throwing the bus, Brian. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But here's my thing. There aren't five contenders in the NFC. The only contenders in the NFC is, well, might be four. The Philadelphia Eagles, Dallas Cowboys, San Francisco 49ers, and the Lions. That's it. That's the reality. But, you know, when you look, I, I, I don't know what happened. I had the kids yesterday. I was driving. <laughs> this a list lot is of all messed up. For your crappy list. This list is all messed up. This is the, the worst. A lot of excuses for your crappy list. Can we forget this segment ever existed? This particular one. We can move on now. Can y'all give me grace on this one, please? This is pretty bad, bro. This is okay. pretty bad. Um, okay. I'm going to go ahead and uh, switch gears and, and save Brandon. I mean, to a degree. Um, to a degree. I'm not going to fully save you. I'm just going to I'm gonna throw the little lifeboat a little bit, but I'm going to take it back, too. Because we're now we're going to move on and talk a little J-E-T-S, Jet, Jet, Jets. And um, the Jets are having one of their worst offensive seasons in franchise history, which is tough to say because the Jets have been struggling since as long as I've been born, but I digress. And yet Zach Wilson remains the team's QB one. And it has been that way since the first quarter of week one. So why does Zach Wilson still have the job? Well, Mm. listen to Robert Sala when asked that very question. You've got Trevor Simeon uh, in your building. Why, why not give him a try? No, I got you. No, it's uh, again a fair question, and uh, you know, it's uh, like I said, he, he, I don't know. You got me. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna plead the fifth on all this one in terms of just. Uh, I've, I kind of explained it, you know, yeah. respectfully, obviously, but mm-hmm. but it's a va- they're valid questions. But and I know, and I know from the, from a passionate fan, from from fans who are passionate, all having the same questions, I respect it greatly. Um, you know, but it's I, I've got to look at it from a global standpoint and uh, and just see where we are and uh, and look at the all twenty two the best I can and and make the decisions best as possible. So I gotta say, um, not a great answer. Yeah, that was tough. <laughs> if I if I'm Zach Wilson and I'm hearing that, <laughs> not quite what I wanted to hear. Um, you know, if you want to go ahead and. and Read in between the lines, it kind of sounded like Robert Sala said, It's not my decision. If it were, that's what you took from that. That's what I took from it. It kind of took when he said, like, Well, why not go to Trevor? You know, I plead the fit. It sounds like, you know, he's talking about the way it works and, you know, the, the he's got to look at the. It sounds like, bro, it's not your call to make. That's what well, it sounds like to me. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but pleading the fifth is like, you might as well have just not. I would have preferred him to well, lie. Well, like, you know, it's interesting, Ashley, because I didn't take it that way. I took it. Uh, I took it as like he wasn't prepared. He didn't think that question was going to come that way. And it's a little shady. That, that was a little, that was bad. Uh. But 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 I think you might be right. I was talking. Yeah. It's so interesting, yeah. Because I was That's talking to. That's how you to, got it. Uh-uh. I was okay. talking to. I was talking to uh, uh, someone in the in the NFL yesterday. They're in the personnel department, and they were talking about like doing their job. They're scout. They go get the players. They don't coach the players. They don't call the plays. Right. So that means if they do a good job getting players, 
and her players are succeeding, but the team isn't succeeding, then what? They're safe. So I could see in a situation where maybe maybe the general manager who picked him and stood on the table, the owners is like, no, this guy, this has to work because it makes us look foolish. But you know, this conversation, like I wish people, like he said, we need to have the global conversation. Why are we talking about this? Right? Like, we're going off a of last game. The kid was sacked eight times. Can we look at the offensive, uh, offensive line coach? Can we look at the offensive line? Can we do that? So then why Can we not? look at the play caller? They're, so, they're, they're last in the NFL with third down conversions and fourth down conversions. Can we look at, I mean, only, in, in red zone? The only pushback I, I give to you is, you know, him saying, you know, when you say he wasn't prepared for that because he's never prepared for any of the questions that he receives in post-game <laughs> conferences or whatever. Don't do and my coach he, like that. He, he normally hands himself, handles himself very, very well. And sometimes it's a Freudian slip. Sometimes you say what you actually mean and then try to like bring it back like, oh crap, I probably shouldn't have said that. So how can I word this? So to me, it sounded like he himself may be on the side of like, this isn't working, this needs to change, but the call is not his to make. And I would have preferred him to acknowledge if, if, because I feel like here's the thing. If I feel like I feel like if that's not how he truly felt, you would have heard something about the offensive mm-hmm. line. You would have heard what he said in the game after the Chargers. What did he say when they asked him? He said, "This is not even Zach Wilson." Numbers don't lie, though. He's, Why but, do we have to say that when you what look at him? He, he was sacked eight times. I know, but what did he say after the Chargers game? He's when they were trying to throw Zach Wilson under the bus. He said, "This isn't even the worst game. It wasn't even all him. There was a lot of things that went wrong in the game." That's what you say when you're a coach that believes that the quarterback that is in the position right now can help you win. The circumstances are not great, but it's not all him. That sounds like a coach who doesn't want you where you are and believes that a different quarterback would produce a different outcome, but the call is not his to make. Mm -hmm. Those are two drastically different answers, and they're very telling. This is what I took from it, right? Like, I asked this question before. Like, if you don't think Wilson going to be the answer, why why won't you just have somebody else come in? But – what I took from this is like, B, you've been on a practice field. Yep. Like, we're talking about they want Trevor Simeon to play. Like, was he cooking in Denver? Yeah, like, right. Well, you seeing him in no, Denver. No, it's not like it's going, you're going drastically better. So, I don't, I mean. I feel like, yeah. you know, when you're in practice and you look at a quarterback, it's like, yo, I, I hope he don't got to get in the game. Right. Like, if we got to play with him, we got no chance. Right. I think that's all that's going on here. And he just don't want to talk about Trevor Simeon that way. It's like. Wait, like, I know y'all don't still we see at practice, but you want to go with this guy? That's right. Like, okay, Wilson not playing good, but come on. This but, this is night and day what we're talking about. Because think about it. Yep. Wilson was supposed to be the backup. Yep. They wasn't planning on going three deep into their roster. Like, no NFL team can really go three deep in their roster and kind of have a chance. If Why you does he look so it. short in this picture? So, so here's the other thing, too, right? Like, you're still in it. We're, we're, we're sitting at four and four. Okay, because you brought up some interesting points about being on the practice squad. You're seeing Trevor Simeon. But also, you know who Trevor Simeon is now. He's 31 years of age, right? Trevor is going to be Trevor the quarterback. Like, that's not changing. It's not changing. All right? But Zach Wilson, what you're looking at is, all right, well, can he still develop? Now, if we're next year or two years from now, now we're in that conversation like, bro, you're another Trevor, you're another Carson Wentz, or you're another whoever, right? But – I can see the Jets. I can see Coach Sala sitting back saying, we're still in it, right? Let's not do anything drastic. 
We got Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be ready come January. 100%. Yes, Ashley. He's going to be ready. 100%. You saw the video, dude. You need us to play the video, yes or no? I don't. Okay, we ain't going to play it as long as you know that's there. Okay? So let's stay here. Don't Let's not do anything drastic, and let's see what can happen. Keep us close. We're right where we need to be. He develops. We're right where we need to be with him. So why would you go to Trevor Simeon right now when Trevor Simeon showed you what he's going to be? So I can see that. At least Wilson had a tools, right? He he got a strong arm. He can move in the pocket. He's yep. just not putting together putting it together on the field. Like he has the tools to be a good quarterback. He he is a first round. It's like I wouldn't go to Trevor Simeon either. Like you, you, I would definitely have no chance. But you know what I did when I was watching the game and I like I told so, y'all. So okay, real quick. So you're ahead. saying when Salah said played the fifth, it was more because he didn't want to say how he really felt about Simeon versus Zach Wilson. Well, Is that yeah, the way like, you took you it? You want me to go to him? Like, really? I'm going to just stay out of this. Right, right. Right. All right. It's that's every, why you don't know. But it's everything after that that kind gotta, of – He said global. He said, I got to take a global view. I, I got to look at the yeah, all 22. I don't know. It just – I don't know. I guess either way, I guess you could look at it from both perspectives. They both make sense. Um, I guess just the lack of – um, backing of Zach Wilson to that question leaves the room for interpretation that he may have a feeling it, a certain you know what I mean because you could have worded that in a way that's why they say language like exposes you sometimes and language is, is so important because had he said I plead the fifth Zach is our guy it's not all his fault see, then you know like he's not talking about Zach but the way it was very ambiguous the way he left it and it's open for interpretation. Like, are you saying you plead but the see, fifth because Trevor ain't the guy? Or are you saying you plead the fifth because Zach ain't the guy? Like, which one is it? But but th see, I agree with what you're saying. And we were talking about this in between a break, I believe, as far as, um, you know, not knowing. Like, there's so, like the we were talking about the heat culture. We're getting out of that conversation. Mm -hmm. And you were talking about how something can happen, but it won't get out because how they run their operation, right? Uh -huh. right? Mm -hmm. There's a every team aspire to be that mm -hmm. right. Like, yo, what happens in a building, stay in a building. That's things get out and get it, it, it. You know, there's so many sources. The really good teams know how to keep things tight. I'm saying that because you got Robert Saul and this is where it's so hard. It's like he, he has the coach in his, he has the general manager in his ear, the owner in his ear, he has players in his ear. He's watching film, right? Look at the offensive line. Maybe Nathaniel Hackett contribute to this. Maybe you got a pissed off wide receiver that's not like he might have four M. He may have been in position, but he could have been so pissed off that he's like, I ain't running the shit. But it's like, oh, you just had one on one. Zach was looking for you. Now he he got sacked because you didn't do your job, right? So from a global perspective, like he said, he got to take all that into account and do the right thing, and then go out in the media and say and give you an answer. Mm -hmm. Like the reality is, no coach. I don't know any coach that stands in front of the media in their weekly pressers. And give you the honest truth because you got to protect it. Yeah, we don't know any anything that's really going on inside these buildings unless you have a source. So, now nah, hit it on the any head. Any thoughts B. on that? Nah, B, B hit it on the head. He explained everything to the T. So, all right. Well, listen. From one football topic to another, from one quarterback to another, Cam Newton uh, had a very hilarious video. See? that is going viral on social media. And uh, Cam was drafted, as we know, to the Carolina Panthers, but there was already a quarterback there. 
And he told a very interesting story about once he did get drafted to the team, how he approached this particular quarterback and asked him for his jersey number. And, well, he tried to get it, the quarterback at question, uh, for a price. And that price, $1 million. Listen to this. But how do you solidify the number, though, number one? I didn't even want number one. Man, Jimmy Clausen. We cool now. Jimbo. He's like, shit, if you want it, you got to pay for it. I was like, cool, how much? He said a million. One million dollars. I said, boy, kiss my ass, boy. I said a million dollars, bro. I said, bro, people don't make a million dollars in a lifetime, let alone I'm going to give you a million dollars just for a fucking number, bro. Um, <laughs> respectfully, I would have been the same way. I would have been like, kiss my ass. You lucky I'm even asking you. I'm the number one draft pick. You lucky yeah. I'm even coming to you asking you this question. You're lucky I didn't make the call once I got drafted and said, yo, I want his number. Figure out how to give it to me. Right, I gave you a plane. I gave you a courtesy of coming to you man to man asking you, hey, man, can I can I get your number? And you try to hit a lick on me. That's what you million? messed up. What y'all expect, Jimmy? That's Clausen what you to do? messed you up. You coming into my franchise? You taking my position, and you want my number? Yes. And you gonna be nice about it? <laughs> I mean, you ain't have to say a million B. You could have, of course, you'd be pissed what? off, but you could have been like, you know, Cam Newton's coming in to be the face of the franchise. Like it's Cam Newton. I understand that. And you, one of the you best players ever. You could have said, I'm gonna show, tell my story around it. But for them, the numbers that they playing with, you could have said a hundred thousand, a million, bro. And I, then, and then later in the video, for I'm people who haven't too. seen the video, he says that uh, he goes back, Clausen goes back to his people, his people, and he tells Cam, hey, man, I just spoke to my people, and I can do it for 750K. Boy, kiss my ass. <laughs> 700, you're not getting a dime out of me. Like, <laughs> Michael, that's a discount. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it for 750. Yo, if you don't get out of my face. Yeah, like, I so you're telling me, bro, if Denver drafted a receiver, number one overall, He's coming in. That's he's a different taking, story. It's not a different story. It's the same go, thing. Go, go. He comes in. He's taking your spot. He's like, hey, B, I want, I want your number. I want number 19. You ain't going to give him a ridiculous price? No. No, I'm, a million is crazy. No, he, he, he's not even gonna walk up to me. Like you're not even gonna have. And that, I'm taking me out of it. But like in that situation, no, there's but not he's even a, a backup conversation. Quarterback. That's not yes, the same it's thing. Different. Like he was wide receiver right. one. We're talking about a backup quarterback who once Cam got there, yeah. wasn't going to play unless of unless now, just absolutely terrible circumstances happened. If I was a rookie, if I was a rookie, <laughs> and we went out and uh, traded for, you know, let's say. Who was the big names at the time back then? T.O. or uh, Marvin Harrison, those type of guys. Um, then, then it's a discussion, like because they're I'm older. Like, yeah, but and that's you're what, younger. But he now, in like this, I'm saying from a receiver standpoint. But if you're the number one guy, it's like, come on, you you tripping? That was that was outrageous. I would have went. I would have went. I would have went. If I'm Cam Newton, I would have went to the owner. I would have been like, uh, Mr. Richardson. You got to get this guy out of here. 100%. Well, he, said he can't late, back me up. He said later in the video that after uh, Clawson came back with a discount of $750,000, that Cam called the equipment manager, said, hey, I'm taking number one, and then made um, an oath that uh, Clawson would never play a down again in Carolina. Yeah, yeah. His name he, would never be heard again. And his name would never be heard of again. And uh it that's happened. and that's what that's what he wrote. So right. if I was Cam, I would played yourself. Homeboy. I would have went to the equipment and the coaches and I'd have been like, yo, I want two. 
Right. I guarantee you they'd find a way to trade Jimmy Clausen. Yeah. Like yeah, if he really sure. wanted, that, I for think sure. he went about it the nice way. Like, the, the way it's supposed to be handled like, in the locker room. That's what they used to tell him. Handled in the locker room. Cam did a right, great so job. For, for people who yeah. don't understand the story, because yeah. I, I didn't explain that fully. So Clawson actually had number two, and Cam wanted two, not one. So he approached Clawson asking for number two, and that's when he hit him with the one million dollars, and then came back with the quote unquote discount of seven hundred and fifty. And then that is when Cam called the equipment manager after telling Clawson, "Yo, kick rocks." He said, "Yo, I'm taking one, and Jimmy and and Clawson will never be heard of again in Carolina as long as so, I'm here." And that's all he wrote. B, B, have you ever been in that situation? Because I have. Have you ever had any nah. disputes, or have you ever seen that in your locker room where a guy came in and they were negotiating? Yeah, mm-hmm. like when Vets uh, came in, it might have been Thomas Jones when he came in. He paid somebody for his number. I can't remember if it was Tom, Tom. No, it was no, nowhere. No. That no was number that's why like that. Was it like, like ten Gs? Yeah, maybe? it'd be something like that. Ten, oh. twenty bands or something like that. L- listen, I get. I'm coming in as the franchise wide receiver to the Miami Dolphins, and paid me a lot of money. Boom, everybody know what it is. Devon Best still my brother to this day, but Devon Best is wearing fifteen. Okay. So I go to Devon, I'm like, yo, can we work some out? He's like, eh, maybe. He's like, just make me an offer. But he ain't really want to. So I come, 20 ain't it. Bro, I went all the way up to 40, and this was outrageous to me. I was like, these numbers is crazy. I go up to him with 40,000. That ain't it. All right, 40,000 in my, 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 my iced out Brightland watch. Nah, that ain't it. 40,000 in my old school, my yellow car. Cause one day I walked, I came in. He's like, I like that old, that yellow car you got, that old school. I was like, okay. So I put that into the offer. Nah, I was so hot at the Devon for not giving me that damn jersey. You have took the whip. I would have took the whip, bruh. Yeah. I know he Wait, ain't want it. You... It was sentimental to him. Why is it that like he might have had fifteen tattooed on his why back? Why can't like you just 50? give the like? <laughs> why you got to get something for the number? Because that's like your identity. Like yeah. you feel like this is me. This is what represents mm-hmm. me. You don't even feel right if you don't wear a certain number. Yeah. Like it's it's weird. That's why it went so bad in Miami wearing nineteen <laughs> trash. But now I can't win about this very he professional. Did. So he do did. guys do, do guys like is it the same when um a jersey hasn't been retired, but it's a particular player who's always worn that jersey for the organization and a new guy comes in and will call the OG and be like, Hey man, is it cool if I wear your like do they want something in return for no, that? No, no, or is that no, just no. like a nah, respect? Just yeah. That's a respect thing. So it's only for active players. That's active players. But okay. it's interesting that you brought that up because I was watching a Chicago Bears uh game and then I saw twenty three plus uh, uh flash through the screen. I'm like, Devin Hester back? Like, who is this dude wearing twenty three? <laughs> Why are, this is the problem in Chicago? Why are we taking twenty three and letting somebody wear twenty three? Retire twenty three? Like what are we doing? We talk about problems. That's the first thing we need to pick. Devin Hester needs to be in the Hall of Fame, That's and how- also his jersey should yeah. never be worn in Chicago. I'm watching the game. Like, I agree. What? That's how I feel about Jordan's number, like twenty three. In the NBA. In the whole NBA? Yeah, I just never understood. Like, because, you know, like, certain um, numbers. Well, yeah, I just never understood why. Like, I think, I believe Bill Russell's number is retired across the NBA. I believe. Let's oh, look up this guy. Let's see. I believe it is. I, I believe they did that. They, they retired it across the NBA. Like, you can't wear his. LeBron was the last one to wear it. And he, that's why he switched numbers. So, I just feel like Jordan's number. I don't know. I just feel like nobody should ever Roshan wear it. Roshan Johnson. That's just so- kind of how I feel. 
But yeah, they twenty three they... in football and basketball. No twenty three. <laughs> so it's no basketball player in the league. They recently did right it. Now. LeBron. That's why LeBron wow. switched his jersey number because they I retired. He did it on his own. No, they retired the number for Bill Russell. I believe wow. universally across the league. We can we can check that, but I'm pretty sure that that's mm. why LeBron changed his number. Um, so. Yeah, they did retire Bill. The chat saying that. Yeah, that's right. They um, retired Bill num- Bill Russell's number across the league. So I just feel like they do this. They should do the same in um with Jordan. MJ. Yeah. Then you got to do like, LeBron. I, yeah, I agree. I agree with Ashley. LeBron's there. still playing. <laughs> I, I agree with Ashley there. But Ashley, before you move on, can I one say more something? thing? We're, the show's almost over. Go ahead. What do you got? So number twenty three uh, for the Chicago Bears. No disrespect. You work your ass off to get you to this point. Straight, so. But is Roche? Yeah. Yeah. Roshan Johnson, if I'm saying his name correctly, I mean, six yards, 21 yards, 19, 13, 38, 32, 20. Why he catching it straight right I now? I know. Like, why this man catching it straight? Catching what, it straight? Like, what are we right doing, Listen, Chicago? We're not doing that. We're not doing that. But no, he's. it's not about him. It's just like if. if I agree it should be retired. Right. Like if, if I'm 15 and if I go into Kansas City, I'm talking about me. Like, let's say let's, I'm, I'm coming up now. And I'm that guy. No, I can't wear Patrick Mahomes' jersey. Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Well, what we're doing here is closing out the show. Listen, if you are listening on SiriusXM Faction Talk 103, we thank you so much, as usual. If you are watching on YouTube, we thank you so much. And if you want to check out all the craziness that goes on live in studio or any of the interviews and, and segments that we do, make sure you head over to the I Am Athlete YouTube page and check out all of our social media channels. Until then... See you guys tomorrow. 23 (laughs) in Chicago. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.